Hello everyone, welcome to the Western Front. This is episode 19, series one. The AFL season is over, but the news keeps on giving. Lockie Reed has gone straight into post-grand final retirement. Steve Allen, the guru podcaster. The man who was doing podcasts before podcasts were podcast is in the house. I'm only doing grand finals now. I'm a bit like Marlon Pickett. <laughs> the heck was Marlon Pickett? Or was that Martega Pickett? Because there was a big talk. Martga. Who? Martga. The I is silent. So what is he? Marlon. Mar- Martga now. Martga Pickett. Oh, Martga Pickett. Or Pickett. Because the I is silent. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he goes outstanding, horrible grand final. What did you do during the grand final? What did you do from start to finish of the game? Very intently watch it. Just before half time, went and turned the gas on the Barbie yep. and headed it up. Yep. We watched a bit of the second half from the phone mm. back inside for the end, and we watched it all the way through. But the 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 life of the party. And there was only three people there. But was the rabbit. The rabbit was there too. What is the name? So Steve Allen has got a rabbit, which he and his partner, Claire, it's fair to say the rabbit, well, it's it's a child. Yeah. What's its name? Shadow. Lovely boy. Doesn't care for affection. They don't live long, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. I've told you this before. I know know that hurts and you're not looking forward to it, (laughs) but you just never know. You could go home today and it might be a shadow of him for myself. He might not be. Mate. We've all got an expiry date, <laughs> don't we? Yeah, good point. Good point. Anyway, same here for the grand final. I uh, was keen. It was just Bronner Ween and I, one lounge each. Uh, did you watch all of it? No, no, no. I cleaned the pool, did some weeding in the second half, poked my head back in. Was sort of more trying to work out the stories, you know, like was Martin going to get it? And you know, and and I, I did a tweet. What Bruce McAvaney's commentary had lent itself, knowing that he was voting on the Norm Smith. Mm. So I think I gave three Martin at half time, mm. two revolt, one picket. But he, I think he ended up going three Martin, two Hawley, one picket. See, I watch it similar to you, thinking about who was best on, and I find it interesting on the day. I wouldn't have been surprised if the Norm Smith kind of went the other way, just because of the way voting goes. Two days on, I'm wondering, that grand final performance from Dusty, has there been a better one? It probably has, but it, it would be the best, and this was my left field question, Dustin Martin's grand final performance, the best individual grand final performance since... Good question. I'm not sure we gave him enough credit. I mean, I know we're talking about how great his game was. Good question. But Look, it was next he, level. So I did the, I did the sums this morning, and, and we're recording this on Monday. And hello to Justin Longmuir. We'll get to you in a moment. Of course, new coach of the Fremantle Football Club. Martin had 22 disposals. Hmm. That's not a lot no. to win the Norm Smith. But he did kick four goals. But there was some junk time stuff as well, right? Luke Shuey had 34. Dusty... Two years ago, in 2017, had 29. Johannesson had 33. The one that blew me away, Cyril Rioli. What did he have? 18 and two goals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, but with, when you think about Norm Smith, I actually went out of my way not to look at the stats. Because, I mean, the, well, I suppose the, the commentators came There's home. an incredible fascination with Dusty Martin. There is, in, in Melbourne... It's anyone would think he was Chris Judd-like. Well... No, he's not, mate. Oh, come no, on. No, he's not. 
No, 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 no. Seriously. No. Two Norm Smiths. Yep. Outstanding player. Very good. medal. Nowhere near Judd's class. Nowhere near Judd's class. He was good, Tim. He was very good. And I know you can be jaded with it's recent, so it's fresh in the memory, but it was as good as grand final individual performances go. Okay, good call by you. If anyone agrees with that, W front W. I'm open to suggestions and criticism because they've been lining up for the last couple of days. Um, days? They were... <laughs> They were playing in the worst grand final. So it's 22 disposals against orange witches' hats, and that's all they were. They were atrocious. They needed a Dusty Martin to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. Now, that's Toby Green. If Dusty played for GWS, what was the margin? Oh, it's a dumb hypothetical. 65 but... points. He was probably a four-goal better player. But <laughs> look, they just I, look, they looked exhausted. I tell you what exhausted me. Was and social media does it, and I can understand all the media guys doing their job on Grand Final Day, and it still was a story. Was the Phil Davis pregame fitness test warm up doubt? Is he playing? Is he not playing? I know the playing group probably aren't worried about mm. it, but I reckon it was an exhaustive process for everybody, and I reckon it would have been hard to ignore if you're a giant. He didn't play like he was anywhere near fit, but he does provide their inspirational leadership, but they were awful down back. Well, I was busy doing housework and cutting onions at that point, so <laughs> it didn't really wear me down, but you know you can put the social media down. Yeah, but it just keeps you up to date because I'm watching, yeah. I'm, I was watching I was I was watching I actually was flicking in between, I watched the pre-game on, on Fox and then you've obviously got to go to the game on, on, the, on Channel uh, Baz. Yeah, um, I, I was surprised in the end that there wasn't a Phil Davis injury. Like I was expecting yeah, that, it, mate. Didn't go. Didn't. He didn't run fast enough. I, I felt for him. I, I felt, you understand why he wants to play. He's the leader, and probably a, an eighty percent Phil Davis is going to give you more than a hundred percent Lockie mm. Keefe, in my opinion. So it's an interesting call. So anyway, as it, as it washed up now, as a grand final, was it one of the worst that we've seen in the last. Is it it's sort of up there with Geelong Port Adelaide? Yeah, it's. It was Rival. better than that. I thought. Three mantles. It wasn't as good as Fremantle. Come on. <laughs> it, it's a segue. It's a segue to Fremantle. And the news that's come through this morning will blow me down, Steve. Yeah. Justin Longmuir got the job. From the moment Ross Lyon lost his job, we've been reporting that he's the favourite. And with good reason. And now he's got it. And it's official. And it's no surprise to anyone. Well, in this booth, we did say, well, there was Lockie and me, hmm. One of us said it was a done deal. Yeah. I think Lockie used the words due diligence. I've been saying 100% for a while. Yeah. So, look, job done. Well done to Justin Longmuir. It's an interesting one. I mean, his career was cut short because of injury. Of course, he had that knee, a horrible mm. knee. Played 100. He wore a mattress on his knee. Yeah, he did too. It, what, did, what did he play? Almost 140 games for the Dockers. Um, started as a development coach at West Coast. Was there for about five years. Was involved in their grand final of 2015. Good. He's only been at Collingwood two years, if I remember rightly. I think it's two years. So this was he had one more year it to wasn't run. Wasn't long. I think it was twenty eight. I think it was last year was his first year. I think he and, and he improved their their took uh, him yeah. took him to the grand final. Exactly. Jay-Lo. Well, apparently right. Anyway, so hats off to him. Um, I know this is going to sound, and you're going to get a lot of people say, oh, "We don't care. We shouldn't care how the coach or football club has a relationship with the media." But I do believe. It is crucial and vital, and I know he will because he's a good person. He's always been a good person. 
that he will forge a great relationship with the media. And I think that's important for the football club. Not important for us as media. We've still got to do our job. We've still got to report wins, losses, bad days, players being dropped, disciplines, coaching failures, whatever they may be. But the previous coach had none of that with the mm. best part of most of us. Longmuir brings it to the table. That's true. I know what you're saying. You can't have a bias, but people who have a good relationship with yep. the media yep. get a better run. 100% they do. 100% they do. And that reflects do. on the club when you're the head coach. 100% they do. When you don't have a good relationship. Now, let's go back, and I've used this analogy a while. When Mark Taylor was Australian captain and in horrible form, horrible form, and should have been dropped, but he was captain, and it was all that big call, do you drop the captain, do you drop the captain, do you drop the captain? There weren't too many great cricket riders in Australia calling for Mark Taylor to be dropped, mm. purely based on the fact is they had his back and he'd been good to them and vice versa. Now, I'm not saying we're going to sit here now and go, oh, well, we're all mates with Justin Lomia, because that's not it. But we've always had a great relationship. One, as a player. Two, when he was just a knockabout coach. Always picked up the phone as an assistant coach. Always happy. Does radio interviews back to Perth when he was at Collingwood, also when he was at West Coast. Bottom line is, he's got a great rapport with the, uh, with the, the listenership and also the media world. It will change, because when you're the senior coach, the pressures are great. Will he be picking up the phone now? He'll do what Belly does. He's changed his number. <laughs> He'll change his number. So, look, hats off to Justin Longmill. Not so much whether he picks up the phone, but he would stop and have a chat to you if yep. you bumped into him getting 100% a coffee. 100% he would. He's that type of guy. And I think that's important for Fremantle. They have to reload, restump, rebuild their relationships with the viewing public, with the media world, and probably with the corporate world and their members because the membership is down and the corporate well, dollar is down. Speaking of corporates, now the, the interesting part is the new CEO. Do we, do you have any insight there? I do. I have a very insight. That, we're, we're not business reporters, and effectively, your CEO is running the business. Mark Brayshaw is a shoe in if he wants the job. Is that right? Mark Brayshaw is an absolute shoe in. That'd be a good appointment. Mark I'm Brayshaw excited. put his hand up about a week ago and said, "I'm I'm very interested. Well, very interested." Aside from him, the only name I'd heard, which. And I don't think it'll happen, but it's the only one that sort of revved my engine, Nick Marvin, because of what yep. he did with the Perth yep. Wildcats. Yep. I don't think he's, he may not even be interested. Yeah, but he would be a good CEO. He'd be bring a different level of discipline to the place, and It'd I'm not sure... Completely different. Yeah, and I'm not sure a football club is probably a great fit for Nick, in my opinion, than what I know of him, but that might be healthy for Fremantle. For those unaware... Uh, the analogy has been for a while. Nick Marvin took the Perth Wildcats and said, we need to be the Wiggles yep. of the NBL. Yep. They were friendly with everyone. Yep. They had very odd rules about always being open to uh, engaging with the public. Always be approachable. Frio could do with a bit of that. 100% they could. So Justin Longmere is the coach of the Fremantle Football Club and he was down there today and he's... Uh, well, he's already done his media. He's already had the shirt on. They've already done the video presentation. They didn't waste any time with no, that. They've hey, done that. So the decision that. was made over the week, uh, previous. It was made last week. Officially? Yeah. So he agreed. So the AFL has always said to clubs on significant announcements, you cannot do it during grand final week. So Fremantle have kept their end of the bargain and basically waited for grand final week to, to go through. The previous week, they didn't talk much about Longmill because he was still involved at Collingwood. New week, bang. How do you see it? Is it a well-kept secret because they did well to leave it official today? 
or is it the worst kept secret? Because we've all known. Nah, nah. Look, look, some people, and hats off to Mark Duffield and Nathan Schmuck, who wrote it that it was going to get mm-hmm. rubber stamped. They got that definitive that it was had been done. How do you feel for Summer today? Um, Bridesmaid again. Yeah, no, nah, well, I, 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 yeah, look. Summer's a great person, great man, but he's always sort of been that, that second best candidate when he's gone for jobs. I want to say this. I, I consider myself a friend of Peter Summage. Right, consider myself mm-hmm. a friend for what it's worth. And I think he'd be a good coach. I don't believe he's been afforded any favours with certain sections of mm. media pumping his tyres up because I'm not so sure those sections of the media have a great relationship with Fremantle and or Peter Bell. And Peter Bell, Stephen O'Reilly, Peter Mann, don't know about Dale Alcock and, and the other people involved down at Fremantle. It's like a bad umpiring decision. It wouldn't, wouldn't have affected the game, would it? Didn't don't- cost him the job. I don't think it helped. Hmm. I, I was at a function a couple of weeks ago and someone, a docker, ex-docker, connected to the football club, leant across to me and said, if you know Summer, you're probably best to get all the media, and not just a couple, he had a lot of blokes in the media pumping his tyres up. Best if Summer laid low for a bit. Without the media, but but I don't think Summer has commanded that. That's not been Summer's doing. He doesn't just pick up the phone and go, oh, I'll pump my tyres up, pump my tyres up. Mm. That's not his go. But I reckon he could have almost called off the troops a little bit, said, guys, can we just back off the pump up? Because I'm, you know, I think you put me out there, I'm about to get my head chopped off. Don't know about the, look, I know the Summage camp, Paul Pios is his manager, were very unhappy with the certain stuff getting out in regards to what he asked for about the CEO and the like and who the CEO is going to be and who, who's going to control the disciplines of the football club. It's, a, it's not a leadership group, it's not a coaching group, it's a discipline from the CEO. I've heard all those stories, but end of the day, I think he was a distant second, if not third. I think Solomon made a late charge. I think Solomon's presentation was very good. And I think there's big raps on Dean Solomon, and he'll be better for going through the through it as well. So, Longmuir by the Flemington Strait. I think Solomon picked up the Quinella, and I think Summer was a third in the trifecta. So you've got uh, Brayshaw going in as a CEO. Yep. Who do they put in around J Lo as the assistant? Okay, so I was talking to someone who was talking to someone who was talking to someone on Saturday morning. Yeah, and Follow. who's connected to Don Pike mm-hmm. through friendship, and he said. Dawn is pretty sore and bruised from the Adelaide experience. He said, really tough marketplace. So you're putting a line through Don? I think Don wants to be involved. I reckon they just need a bit of time for him to step away. I, I, I would love... See, Ben Allen is connected at Fremantle very strongly with Bell, Longmuir, O'Reilly, da-da-da-da-da. And he's also connected very close to Don Pike. So don't get me wrong, it might not happen, but I'd be... I would hope that Fremantle go and put someone around Justin Longmuir, and I think Don Pike would be absolutely ideal. One, he doesn't want to aspire to coach again, but he'd be a very good ahead of football, and I think he would be very, very um, calm. He's a very calm, measured man, Don Pike, and I think he'd be exactly what Fremantle would need, and he's also got a good relationship with the football community. Josh Carr's name's been bubbling about yeah, for a assistant, while. Yeah, uh, Scoey. Lee Tudor is one that yeah. I've heard bob up today. Yeah. Not so sure he'd want to... Relocate? No. Uh, John Blakey's name's been mentioned, but I think he'll just stick it out. I think he's still at Sydney, isn't he? Do they sweep out what's already there? Did David Hale stick around? 
It's an interesting one. Um, I th- because I don't know if Jalo's got any great idea of who would be a good assistant coach because he's been only assistant coach and not up to him anyway. I mean, no, I imagine but, they've but, got but, contracts. Yeah, correct. Well, there's only one with contracts, David Hale. But then I'm hearing reports that they've all been given new deals. So, look, it's all going to be played out over the next uh, couple of days. But bottom line is I think Fremantle's got their man. Hey, we're going to take a break. Got plenty more to come. Tim Gossage and Steve Allen with you on this, well, public holiday Monday in Western Australia. Not so much around the rest of the country. Lots more to talk about. We're going to, again, revisit the grand final. Going to talk about Tim Kelly, Andrew Gaff and what Fremantle needs going forward. This is the Western Front Podcast. G'day, I'm Matt Burke, and we all know rugby is the greatest game on the planet, and if you're like me, you never quite get enough. Well, during the Rugby World Cup, I'll be giving you your weekly rugby podcast, Talking Rugby. So far, we've sat down with Wallabies legends David Campisi and Nick Farr-Jones. Last week, we spoke with current captain Michael Hooper. This week, we've got another outstanding guest. I sit down in Tokyo with the man with the best moustache in rugby, Wallabies halfback Nick White. Talking Rugby with Matt Burke. It's available now on 10 Speaks. Check it out. Welcome back to the Western Front, part two. This is episode 19, series one. Tim Gossage and Steve Allen in. Of course, Justin Longmuir, the new coach of Fremantle, Richmond of the Premiers, GWS. Well, they'd be battered and bruised, there's little doubt about that. Let's turn our attention because all of a sudden it's AFL trade time. Of course, the official trade days are still to come, mm. but there's a lot of toing and froing. Tom Papley's already declared he wants to go to Carlton. He's chosen Carlton as he's seen out of Sydney Swans, but I think he, I stand corrected on this. He's got a four year contract, hasn't he, at Sydney Swans? Tom Papley? Yeah. Tom he, Papley's handy. Tom Papley's got, well, yeah, I know. But, but it's no star. No. Well, there's a lot of no stars. Well, Adam saw, Tomlinson. I saw it. <laughs> Adam Tomlinson. Yeah. Couldn't draw a football on the weekend, and all of a sudden, he's going to Melbourne as their big man. Ed Langdon on one wing, Adam Tomlinson on the other. Yeah, okay. Really? Yeah, oh, look, doesn't spin my wheels. But I just saw a, a proposed trade with the graphic and what, who gets Danaher? what. And Yeah, and it had Tom <laughs> Carlton give up pick eight and get Tom Papley. I'm not so sure I'd be giving up Tom, pick eight for no, Tom Papley. No, me neither. So, look, all of a sudden, it is... So-called handy players, all of a sudden their value is increased. Now, let's go back the other way. Tim Kelly, it's a done deal, isn't it? For West Coast, it's always fun. I've always thought Frio could easily give Geelong the better deal, but if Tim doesn't want to go No, he doesn't want to go, mate. Well, he doesn't want to go there. There's not really much option left to get it done, but a West Coast is going to have to think about giving up Andrew Gaff. Yeah. So they're going to be, there's going to be a deal somewhere involved in that to get two major picks. Now, Gaff will be involved in getting to a, a club to get a pick back, which will be on sold to. Interesting. Uh, last year, North Melbourne ended up being the favourite. I don't know what happened with their salary cap and what they did with the money. I just don't there's... think he wanted to go to North Melbourne. Okay, Gaff. so who, who's the club? I haven't heard any club no, linked this year. No, I haven't Gaff. heard any club linked either, but... I don't know that he necessarily wants to go to No, Geelong. I don't think... No, I don't think he does either. But I, I don't think it's as simple as... I mean, this is where it's so simple. I've been watching some media outlets go, oh, yeah, gaff to Geelong, and Geelong send Kelly to West Coast. It's, it's lovely in simple terms that's how it's going to work, but it doesn't work like that. There's always three or four different elements. It's not like, you know, it's not Brad Hill going to St Kilda. It's just not going to happen. There has to be... It's a really big game of so poker you, and a big game of chess. You're saying Brad Hill to St Kilda's not going to happen? It's not just going to happen... 
on easy terms, it's not going to be, oh, Brad Hill goes there and you give us Blake Akers mm. and a draft pick. It doesn't happen well, like that. I hope they get better than that. Blake Akers, good player, mate. He's okay. He no, had a bad season, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but he's a good body. I think he's, I think he's not a bad player. Two, three years ago, thinking, I that he came was off the top player. of my head. I, I've got a feeling Blake Akers <laughs> be part of the deal. Could be good part of the deal too. I like Blake Akers, but mm-hmm. again, I'm worried about Fremantle. I've had this. Now you, now you have a connection to Fremantle. Now we, we don't barrack because we're impartial media operators. Before I came into the game as a Frio fan, it was a pretty hardcore Frio fan, yep, and that's we tempered yep. a little bit yep. as we go. Why is that? Is that because you hang around me too long? <laughs> you had that knocked out of you. I, I think it's because of. The way the club has at times made it hard to do your job. Yeah. So it's hard to then That'll change, put that mate. aside on the weekend and then just hardcore yeah, barrack. Good point. Um, I'm a little bit excited today with the J-Lo thing. Yeah, so you should be. So my my view there is that uh, Fremantle, Brad Hill. They lose Langdon still. Yeah, gone. So They've got too many ex-West Aussie expats, mate. That's so, their biggest problem. They'll, they'll go into this draft with a so lot of picks. So Blake Akers is another one. <laughs> so when, when you look at the makeup, and I haven't done my research on this, but I suspect most of the clubs that are doing well, like look at Richmond's list, how many of them have been drafted or you know, acquired by Richmond rather than brought in from okay. other clubs? So you've got Nancurvis, Caddy, Prestia, Lynch. So there's four sort of expats. Ex- really players. good ones. Yeah, and then you go back through, you know, your Baker, who's draft, mm. Baker, Pickett, Stack. Gee, they took some risks, didn't they? Yeah. Imagine sitting but, those three blokes. If you put those three blokes in a ute driving through <laughs> Northbridge, you'd just go, hello, there's trouble here. But how good are they? How disciplined are they? And how, how, how exciting is it to have three real characters at your football club who can all play? The, this is the interesting conundrum at the moment because you constantly hear... Richmond have built their club and their success around good people. Yep. But they've also bucked the trend and taken risks yeah. on guys who've yeah. had their cards marked yeah. as trouble. Yeah. So what way do you go if you're another club? So it worked for Richmond because they've got the good people at the top. Yep. Allows them to take it risks. It does. If, say, Gold Coast no, went and took the risk no, on those players. No, but you can't do it if you're Gold Coast because you're down the bottom. So you can't afford to slip up because then people say, what did you do that for? Mm. Richmond are up the top. Brennan Gale, solid citizen. Peggy, who's the, the president, solid citizen. Gives you that female, strong female um, touch. And you've got Hardwick, who just pulls the player in. Come and live with me. <laughs> Come and stay with me. You've got to remember, albeit it didn't work 100%, they also took the risk on Ben Cousins way back when he played that one year. So Justin Longmuir should be looking at upgrading his digs, get a few spare rooms. Yep. Nah, see, that's not his go. He'll go back to the farm. He'll just travel up every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. Actually, what happened to Alistair Clarkson's house? He was buying property Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Oh, Clark, poor bloke. I, yeah, I wonder who He'd be was. out of pocket. <laughs> You never know what might happen at West Coast. You just never know. <laughs> Straight swap, Simpson to Hawthorne. Hey, can I ask you then, question without notice, left field, right field. Okay? My left field question, you don't know the answer. To. You don't no. know where it's coming from. Left field question. Very nervous. Sweating now. Can Fremantle make the eight first year Justin Longmuir with their play? Don't worry about what they can draft. Don't worry mm. about who's coming and going. Right now, Justin Longmuir walks in and goes, I've got the best 22 to make the eight. 
Can it be done? Can be done. I don't think it will be done. Off, off what the way they finished last season, plus you're losing Bradley Hill and probably Ed Langdon, then you'd say no. However, Sandalands, got no Ruckman. However, when clubs improve, they do it from within. Turns players around. You look at when Ross Lyon came in. There were certain players there who we thought were done. And he turned them, he took them to a grand final. Yep. Justin Longmuir is not incapable of doing that, but no. that's being, me being an optimist. So your answer is? My answer is, no, I don't think it'll happen okay. next year. All right. You got a left field question for me, Tim Gossage? Well, I did. I did it earlier in the podcast. Thanks for listening. What, what was it? That was Dusty's grand final was the oh, best individual performance no. since. So my answer is... Don't was, say Luke Shuey. No, no, no. I'm not going to say Luke Shuey. It was such a bad grand final, and 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 the love affair with Dusty Martin is way over the top for my liking. Is he a good player? Absolutely. Is he a great player? Not quite great, but he's top shelf. Well, I didn't see Dusty for 25 games this year, whatever, but mm. saw a few, saw the grand final. Mm. I think he lived up to the hype. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Now, right field question. Right field question, which you've had time to think about, and I've given you... A bit of a precursor to this. I still can't remember it. Should Richmond be odds-on premiership favourites next year? Absolutely. Yep. Odds-on, in the red. Got to put more money on to win less money. What are they losing? They're going to lose Brandon Ellis, who, who, at, who at times was an emergency last season. Yeah, no, Brandon Ellis. Um, he's going to the Gold Coast for big coin. Um I see no reason why. But okay. I think you could ask me that about the reigning Premier a week after, well, a couple of days after the grand final. Yeah. In any season, it's probably yeah, the same answer. Yeah, true. West Coast were favourites, I think. Or no, maybe Richmond West Coast. Anyway. Hey, so you got a right field question for me? Right field I love the, question. I love it. For those who don't know, we're in this very small booth. Like, we can barely sit on top of each other, right? Bottom line is... You would like you to do the same thing. You put your pad down, you put it behind you, yeah. you have to turn around and get it. Hang on to it, mate. Your mate, hands are empty. I'm not very experienced in oh, here. You're a podcast guru. Yeah, Lockie Reed does these yeah. normally. So Where is Lockie Reed? Big news day. Where is the Lockster? He's actually watching Josh Reed play, That's exactly what he's doing. play a game of footy. That's exactly what he's uh, doing. He's his youngest son, who's a very good well, footballer. Is there a club who wouldn't want Marlon Pickett on their list to start 2020? Yeah. Everyone wants Marlon Pickett. What he did on the big stage. Would every club give up their second round draft pick yep. in this coming draft? He's that good, mate. He's very good. So how did we get it don't know. so wrong? Well, I don't, I don't well, know. We? 17 clubs yeah, got and it wrong. And the one that he trained down at. Yeah, a couple that he was Alrighty. right under their nose. Now, this, this has just come through to me, right? Now, do you know the Bachelorette starting, you know, mm. right? And uh, Angie is the Bachelorette. Contestants are yet to be announced, but... This is the market. Now, there's a betting market being put out online that a man with a moustache is a $4 favourite in regards to the man who will win Angie's heart. $4 favourite will have a moustache, moustaka. Yeah. May have a beard, $5. Right. So, uh, for a moment there, I thought you were just giving me clues. And I thought, who's got a moustache? No, no, I'm not giving you clues. Because they haven't... No, no, no. It's not, they're not famous people. They're just Joe Punter. Yeah, what I'm right. saying is they believe that the winner will have a moustache at the end of The Bachelorette when she picks or $5 will have a beard. But how's this, though? 
Hair colour, very important. Oh, mullet's 10 bucks. <laughs> but she's a bogan. All right, hair colour is important. Brown hair, $1.95 favourite. Blonde, two twenty five. Bald or shaved head, a.k.a. Lockie Reed, $5. Maybe she won't pick any of them. Well, it's uh, been done before. Is that, is that on the No, odds? it doesn't. But I tell you what, it does say that her final rose will be given to an older man. With 31 to 34-year-old, the favourite at even money. She does look like, she does, she's 29. She does look like a woman who will go for the older man. But I'd love an older man. How old? Oh, 45er? 16 years older? Yeah. That would be cool. That would be uber cool for Bachelorette. I just hope she finds the right man. Hey, cricket season, soccer season, Wildcats. What else is going on in the world of sport we're talking about? The A-League. Pardon? Your favourite. I'm worried about the A-League. Why? I'm worried about falling attendances and lack of star power inside the competition. Uh, no, you've mixed up your Big Bash notes with... I'm worried about A-League. Big Bash too. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I'm very curious to see how crowds go at Perth Stadium because... If they start losing, it'll be a very... You know, reckon they got 18,000 at the Waffle Grand Final mm. and they lost big money? You'd rather see... You need 26 to break even. Wouldn't you rather have 100 people a year miss out on a ticket at the Wacker Correct. than have 40,000 empty seats at yep. Perth Stadium? Yep, yep. But I thought the Wacker, having worked on the coverage for a while and having been there with the Scorchers, when they moved it to that final and they played Hobart mm. at Optus... Killed them. Killed them, and the players felt like they were an away team. It's completely different. You don't want that to happen. Got anything else to add, Steve, on this very big day? So just repeating the news, Richmond won the flag in case you missed it. Justin Longmuir is the new coach of the Fremantle Football Club. Good luck. And still waiting on Tim Kelly's future, but take it to the bank. Take it to the bank, Australia. We're the big bird, king of the big game. We're the eagles, we're flying high. That's not the big, big sound people were hoping for. Thank you, Steve. Well played. That's the Western Front for another week. They're looking a bit grimy. All right, I'll clean them up then. Sit down. Thank you. So you're reading the old paper there, sir. Yeah, what's it to you? Oh, I've got a new thing. It's a way to listen to the paper in your ears, you see. What are you on about, kid? I'm on about Ten Speaks podcasts. What's a Ten Speaks podcast? It's like a newspaper for your ear holes. Well, what sort of thing do they talk about then? All sorts of things, Governor. Go on. They talk about Western Australian sport there, mate. I see you got the sports pages. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 who's that by then? Who says that? Doesn't matter about that one now. We're about to talk about another one. <laughs> There's one about your house. Not your house. My, my house? <laughs> Not your house. Who's talking about my house then? I mean just houses in general. And other design-related things. That one's with Bowie Dubois. Barry Dubois? Yeah, you know, from the Friday show. From the... Oh, from the living room. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
well, what if I don't want to hear about my home or other people's homes? That's all right. You strike me as the kind of guy who might watch The Bachelor. The Bachelor? I've watched a Bachelor. Well, maybe you'll hear a bit more about that on one of our Reality Bites podcasts. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. All right, the shoes are done, Governor. That'll be ten quid. How much? Ten squids, mate. That's outrageous. You're outrageous. I'm out of here.